Hello there and welcome to the Bowden Beat, the podcast on all things Ballyboden St. Enders. My name is Derek Ryan and on episode five of the Bowden Beat today, I'm delighted to be joined by a man who'll be well known to everybody in the club as a Ballyboden and Dublin senior hurler for many years as a selector with the senior hurlers last season and as the new Ballyboden St. Enders senior hurling manager for 2022. David Curtin, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks a million, Derek. Thanks for having me. Not at all. First of all, big congratulations on your appointment as the new senior hurling manager at Ballyboden St. Enders. A, a big year ahead away for you in 2022. Yeah, absolutely, Derek. Look, I mean, um, the lads would probably be sick of me at this stage. I, was hang, I hung around long enough as a player and uh, they thought they got rid of me then and I'm back in again. Um, no, look, I mean, I, I certainly... I. I coached a fair bit underage in the club and um, over the years and uh, it's just an aspect I really really enjoyed uh, coaching uh, players and trying to get the best out of players and uh, Maliki he was lucky that Maliki asked me Maliki Travers last year to come in um, as a coach and I went in with himself and Mickey McCullough and, and enjoyed the year and uh, learned a lot and the two boys stepped away um, for, for various reasons. And um, so, look, I, I was asked to, to consider taking on the job and uh, look, had to think about it. And I was delighted uh, to, to, to commit to it because certainly, as you mentioned, there's uh, I see there's a fair bit of promise uh, in the team and um, it's trying to trying to get the best out of guys. And that's what I love to do there. Try to challenge fellas and try to get the best out of them. Yeah, you mentioned that because uh, I think last well last season, twenty twenty one season, we all saw the huge mentioned the huge promise that's in the panel and uh, a nice mix of younger guys coming through in twenty twenty one and plenty of experience still in the panel as well. So it's uh, quite a nice kind of setup you have there. Quite an exciting kind of setup that 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 you have in store for twenty twenty two. Yeah, definitely. Look, I mean, this whole thing in the GA culture that uh, once you reach a certain age that you're considered uh, gone and it's it's gas. I was only looking at the NACE senior footballers recently and uh, Eamon Callahan centre forward and, 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 you know, the best guy in the pitch, like, and he was up and down the pitch. And look, to me, honestly, I'm not just saying that. I, I believe age is, is only a number and that's the message you're getting, trying to get across to these older guys as well. Like that, uh, you know, fellas have different interests outside of hurling obviously and and there's guys in there with young families and that but certainly age shouldn't be a contributing factor if you if you look after yourself and if you commit to something and, and really go after it and like you said there's, there's the recent win with the under 21s um following them this year under under johnny kenny and tim sweeney and mick kevill like i mean there's, there's great promise coming through there and that was a great win out in st vincent's and it was a day for sort of uh, digging in deep uh, no fancy hurling and that time of year, that's what you need, and and showing that bit of character and, and that bit of uh, that bit of fight and work ethic, and, and that's what you're trying to get out of guys because um, anybody can can sort of look great poking a ball across the pitch back and forth, but it's it's adding that drive to it and, and that want really and, and trying to blend that, and that's that's the challenge ahead, Derek. We're, we're, we're you know unfortunately we were knocked out of the quarter final last year and certainly left everything out in the pitch but you're trying to just trying to push on again and blend the youth and experience and i think the experienced guys around are, are are hugely invaluable for these young guys and to set the set the standards in training and also set the standards for for their work ethic on the training field you know yeah and i guess last year you would have seen maybe the, the template going forward for what you see maybe as a, a as a team for for 2022 and beyond with those younger guys coming through with the experience in there as well it's a nice mixing pot of of a team there and i guess 
last year would have been a nice sign, I guess, of what uh, you can expect and what we can expect from Ballyboden over the next couple of years. Yeah, look, I mean, in 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 Ballyboden ourselves, look, we know what we have. It's about, I suppose, um, uh, a senior member of the panel not so long ago. I just happened to him, and he was saying, you know. To, to understand what you're playing for as well. And I think that's that's hugely important, um, you know, including yourself. We all go back to, to Buddy Bowden when we were growing up and, and, and the guys who went before us. And, and to have that understanding of what it means to put on the, the blue and white striped jersey, it's, it's, it's very, very important. And uh, when guys realise what they're playing for and, and who went before them and, and their family members and so on, it's um, you're trying to get that message across as well. And that's, that's hugely important. But certainly for 2022, um, yeah, look, the lads left everything on the field against uh, Kula and look a little bit of luck you need luck to win anything but you have to set your ambitions high Derek there's no point in, in committing to something if you're not going to give it your best shot and uh, you, you certainly does you can't be looking too far ahead but you, you're, you're trying to get the best and when you when you can get the best out of fellas sort of uh, and fellas coming to the table in the right frame of mind and, and uh, willing to give their all for, for, for Ballyboden then you won't be too far off so yeah exciting to see what uh, 2022 can, can, could bring you retired as a player david at the end of 20 the 2020 season post lockdown and everything that that happened in 2020 and you moved uh, into a selector role a coaching role last year under mal travers how was that move from player to coach did you find it uh, strange to be on the far side of the touchline as opposed to in, on the pitch uh, during match days yeah i suppose uh, i i wasn't i wasn't um my wife wasn't uh, wasn't uh, she thought now she'd get me for a couple of years with job but now she's <laughs> long enough now and she said oh that's great now you're you're finished now and uh, so I had to kind of think of a way how to tell her and uh, <laughs> sort of you know uh, I was thinking that was the toughest part was it that was the toughest part <laughs> definitely but uh, no look I mean the transition from player to to coach um, as I said look I I've done a bit of coaching previously. And uh, it's a part of the game I really enjoy, uh, and looking to see uh, how how to how to get the best out of guys and what works on the training field, what doesn't work, and you know you'll make plenty of mistakes, and it's about learning all the time. And uh, so, but the guys have played with for many years. Yeah, you have to sort of detach uh, from it, of course. But at the end of the day, they're still they're still club mates, they're still friends, you know. And of course, those friendships will will continue, but. They understand you have a job to do and, and they also have a job to do. Uh, there's an onus on both sets, but, you know, that friendship will remain and, and, and off the pitch as well. And that's hugely important as well, that, you know, those, those uh, that, that tight knit group remains. But no, I didn't find it too difficult at all, I have to say. Like, if there's decisions have to be made in every every walk of life. And, uh, you know, you, you try as best explain to players if they weren't starting or you, you took them off for certain reasons you'd hope they understand. So, no, I didn't find that, um, you know, because uh, certainly, as I said, look, I, I pl played long enough and I was sort of hanging in the last few years there again, uh, trying to convince myself that uh, the body was fine. But uh, when you start uh, getting up in the morning, having difficulty putting on your socks and things like that and your, your <laughs> shoes, you sort of realise it's time to step back a little bit. And uh, no, definitely, uh, you know, I said the next best thing they say to playing is coaching. So, uh, you look, it's something I know all my life. Been involved in, in Ballyboden, so I just said, look, I, I'll give it a go. I, I thought I might enjoy a bit of a break, a bit of downtime. Then a couple of weeks, I was like, ah, sort of bored here. Now I need something <laughs> else to do. So, yeah, that's the way I looked at it. And was it always something that you thought when you were playing? Certainly towards, I won't say the end, towards the end of your career, but you know, when you're 
I guess, in the last few years of your playing career? Was it something you always thought that you would move into coaching in some form, shape or form or at some stage in your in your post-playing career? Yeah, um, I suppose it was. I, I, I was coaching the Dublin Senior Camogie team a few years back with uh, David Herity and I really enjoyed that year. And we were going to continue on for another year, but uh, Derek stepped down. So uh, our, uh, David stepped down, so I stepped down uh, as well. And uh, But that was something I enjoyed. And as I mentioned, I, um, I coached uh, a lot of these guys um, on the way up, the likes of Conor O'Donoghue, Shane Kennedy, uh, Luke McDwyer, Kevin Desmond, underage, you know, and uh, I enjoyed seeing them develop over the years. And certainly... Uh, to me, I just see a huge amount of promise with those fellas, and and it's it's a challenge to try and get the best out of out of guys going forward. And so I always had it there, Derek, that I'd like to get into into coaching. All right, and and as I said, it's uh, it's the aspect of uh, certainly I've an awful lot to learn, and I don't think anyone knows all the answers. But it's an aspect that that I like to go after is try to um try to get the best out of out of guys, and and I'm looking forward to doing that. And uh, definitely, it was in the, the back of my mind to to get into coaching uh, down the line. I had a sort of I, I was thinking as well. Oh geez, I, I can't wait now to win a junior uh, C championship when I'm 55. Yeah, but I'm not 55 <laughs> yet, so I, I'll keep. I'll, I might. I may come back to the hurling again. You never know. <laughs> not closing that door just yet. Yeah, no, not yet, not yet. Um, we'll go back to the start. So you you you. Huge amount of experience as a player, obviously, with Ballybones and Enders and with Dublin as well. Uh, you made the breakthrough into the senior hurling team with Ballybones back in 1997. Uh, talk to me maybe about how you even got involved with the club. You probably you were probably involved, obviously, with the club. You only lived around the corner from the club, so you probably got involved with the club uh, from a very young age. Yeah, I did. I suppose um, I went to school in St. Column Kills, where I'm principal now, and. Uh, uh, I, when I went to, to St. Column Kills, um, I suppose we started up there with, with Paddy O'Neill and uh, Paddy would have gotten us involved in the hurling um, Tony Sweeney as well at the time, um, you know, and John Murphy and, and all those guys. So we were hurling out in the green beside the church there and, and a, few, a fair few of us were living in the, in the Idrone area there um, for years just down the road from the school. So I lived very close to uh, Connell Keeney and uh, another guy, Neil Casey. Um, so uh, Connell was uh, a year younger than me, a couple of years younger than me. But look, we were hurling morning, noon, night out on the on the green there, and uh, that's where and, and with Neil as well, and that's where the real interest came. And then before then, there there was no nursery as such like you have now. The huge nurseries there, my my little girl is in it now across the way in Saint Enda's. You just had on a Saturday morning uh, down in Cherryfield w- with a guy called Marius Martin. And Marius was there. You might remember Marius. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah great guy. Well. And uh, yeah, he was uh, he was old school enough now. So that's where that's where I started. That's where the the started at the school, and we went down there. A load of us with the old square micro helmets and the the astronaut <laughs> looking helmets, and down we went. And uh, the old towel grips on the hurls, and out to Cherryfield, and. You talk about cones and slithers nowadays. I think Marius had, I think it was three slithers at one time and <laughs> he absolutely killed you if you hit it into the, the goal behind uh, at Cherryfield there, those bushes, you, you could never find the thing. So we had, he throw in the ball, there was very little drills and off we went. And if you got a belt across the hand or the leg, you were soon told to get up. So I, I was, it was always the St. Column Kills guys, the Skull Trassa guys, St. Mary's guys. And we went down there, a group of about 20 uh, regularly on a Saturday morning and the old tracksuit bottoms and down we went and threw in the ball and that's where we learned that's where we really learned uh, and that's how my first involvement and from there then went on to teams uh, 
up to under 11, under 12. I remember starting an under 12 and the under 12 B team in, in the Hermitage there with uh, Nicky Power, uh, Tom Cullen, um, Dan O'Sullivan in the Hermitage. And, uh, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of guys there. Paul Ryan's brother was on that team, Alan and uh, Brian Power, Stephen Cullen. And there's gas. You see a lot of these guys, their parents up in the school now. So their younger kids are starting, so it's all starting again. But that's the that's where the interest grew, and from there, then you know we went on to play with various teams. Yeah, and then breaking into the senior team in 1997. Uh, I, I mean, that's you know I played for you know underage at Ballyboden as well, but I mean I was never good enough to be able to break into the senior team. I guess that was the kind of first step towards seeing what you had, what we've seen over the last 23, 24 years from from David Curtin on the uh, Ballyboden setup and also a Dublin setup was that breakthrough into the senior team back in 1997. Yeah, um, I, I was uh, 17 at the time and uh, I was playing a bit of football, actually, minor football. And uh, Tony Shields was over that team. And I remember at the time, Jimmy Galvin was managing the senior hurlers with Ollie Hickey and a guy called Brendan Ryan, who's since uh, passed away. And uh, th- those three guys were over the senior hurling team. And we trained in old court, actually. And the old uh, dressing rooms were the big uh, green container. Uh, so we used to go up and train in old court and uh, that, I, I remember as a young lad I was really really excited that uh, I got a phone call off Jimmy Galvin and up I went and uh, started playing with these guys and it, it was gas back then Derek there was um, there was there was far more country guys on the team than there would have been uh, Dublin fellas you know and uh, but it, it was the start it was the start of it then uh, 97 and uh yeah, just just progress from there. But there was some great characters on those teams. You had the the two Reardons. You had Johnny Kenny, uh, Gary Cullen, Davy Kane, and um, Paddy Corrigan as well. It was, it was a great uh, corner forward there. I used Gavin used to slag me. I was used to play in the full forward line with Paddy, and then Gavin came onto the team, and I used to think, oh Jesus Christ, he played this that <laughs> now. But uh, but you know that was um, that's how it started up in Old Court from Jimmy, and Jimmy did an awful lot of great years for the club. I have to say, Jimmy Galvin, he was fantastic. And uh, he went in as a selector then with Kevin Fenley when I started out with Dublin as well in around 2000, 2001. And uh, no, Jimmy was great. They were great years up there, you know, and it was, it was simpler there. There, was, there wasn't too much video analysis back then. <laughs> you know, it was just turn up and that was it. Or after food training or ice baths or protein shakes or none of that. <laughs> out you went and hurled. Throw the ball in and get going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, you know, the, the big thing hanging over and I, I'm, I guess, was it hanging over you? From a, you know, was it a weight in your shoulders? Bally Bowden hadn't won this senior hurling title. It was kind of, you know, Bally Bowden, this massive club in Dublin hurling in throughout the whole country, really, and hadn't won a senior hurling title. You broke through in 97, and obviously the first, the first win was in 2007, so for 10 years. Was that a weight in your shoulders? Was it something that you had wanted to get, you know, get off your back, that, that duck that you needed to you know you needed to win this title to kind of maybe get over that line was that something that weighed on your shoulders or was it something that obviously you wanted to win a title but it wasn't maybe this huge thing that was hanging over you yeah no look I mean when you start out when you're a young lad you kind of you don't really be thinking about those things you know uh, it was knockout back then I remember O'Toole's bet us 97 Eamon Morrissey and James Shiner Brennan and all those guys, uh, Joey Morrison. It was knockout. You were gone after one round, and and this they sort of they changed the system. I think in around two thousand, and uh, 
the first year then with Dan O'Sullivan, we got to the county final in 2001. And that was, that was we should have won that. We, we lost a couple of points to Kieran's. And look, there was a team beginning to come together. Like, you know, there was the David Sweeties, the Dara Spains. Uh, Aidan Riley was on that team as well. And uh, Martin Kenny and, and all those guys, you know, Johnny Kenny was still playing actually. And, and Emma Carroll and there was the, the dailies. There was, there was great, there was great lads coming through there. And then, Kieran's bet us and then around 2001 2 you had the likes of Stephen Heine coming into it Conor Keeney coming into it uh, Simon Daly coming into it and there was sort of new guys coming in all the time because Barry Bowden underage were beginning to win various titles 15-16 so every year you had two or three new guys coming in to strengthen the panel so um, you know Dublin Hurling it was really it was tough back there like it was back then it was tough tough to win it and uh we, we we found it difficult to go over the line. We lost 2001 county final. We lost uh, 2002, 2003. We were beaten in, in, I think, in a quarter in the semi-final. And uh, 2004, we got to the county final again. And, and at that time, UCD were playing. So UCD, um, Babs Keaton was managing them. Uh, he, he, he's, they did a completely different team for the final. You know, we, we beat them in the group stages and they were pulling out all of these guys for the final. And it was difficult for a club team to, to match that uh, at the time. And there was, a, there was a bit of a hullabaloo about that at that stage. So, yeah, that was 2004 gone. And then 2005, I, I can't remember. I think another semi-final, possibly UCD again. And then Liam Hogan came in in 2006. And... Um, Liam certainly injected uh, plenty of uh, belief into us, among many other things. And uh, at that stage, then we, we got to the county final in 2006 and again lost lost by a point, I think, to Kieran. So Kieran's were sort of our, our bogey team back then. And it was sort of at that stage, it was like, Jesus, are we ever going to get over the line here? And, uh, you know, the, the most the biggest learnings from that time was we sort of we learned from it 2006 definitely we reviewed what had happened and, and we sort of decided amongst the group look how, how, how much longer are we going to put up with this you know we've been beaten 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 and are we going to continue to go like this because a career goes very quickly and once we made the breakthrough in 2007 with Liam a huge amount of belief was instilled into the team and the panel and and uh, it's important for uh, a flagship team of any club the senior footballers the senior hurlers to, to for young guys to look up to and uh, that was that was important massively important win for for the club to get over the line at senior level because of all the other underage teams had done it minor 21 and so on but to, to get over the line in senior level and it was gas you think back then like remember being in the club that that evening and uh, there was there was guys uh, they talk about like country clubs and what it means I mean the, the Bally Bowden is a real close-knit community despite its size and John Hayes and the likes was, it was very emotional that night like because it was you remember old Martin Kenny and He's my father as well. And there was, there was guy, John Kerwin, was involved with us as a, a selector. They're really emotional because they, they'd been soldiering for years and years since the club amalgamated and brought up the team from junior right up to senior. And to eventually get over the line meant a huge amount to them. And they were the ones who, who who's sort of laid those foundations, you know? Yeah, and especially, I guess, it meant so much of them considering you'd lost those few finals in the, in the years leading up to it. So you were so close for a few years in the maybe five or 10 years before you actually got over the line. And then to finally win it in 07. And then, you know, you couldn't win it for, for the, the, that few years. You couldn't stop winning then for, for five years or for six of the next seven years. Uh, that's an incredible period where you're probably kind of caught in the middle. Did you have to kind of nearly pinch yourself at times because 
you gone, you gone your 10 years in the team before you were able to win uh, your first county title, but within five years, you had five more in the back pocket. So it was a very, pretty bizarre sort of five years for yourselves. Yeah, it was. It was. Those five years were great. Now, I have to say, we really went on a, on a good run. Uh, you know, you, you, you remember the, the wins, all right, for sure. But, you know, really, you focus in on the, the losses more so. It's sort of the, the biggest, I suppose, you regret the Leinster final burr by a point. Uh, we were beaten that day in a terrible day at uh, Tullamore and really won. We should have won. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how, uh, you know, have we, have we won that Leinster final? Wonder and then the following few years we came up against Ballyhale, O'Loch and Gales bet us by a point or after extra time and uh, bits and pieces like that. And you know, but in Dublin, we were really coming together and the team was getting stronger, as I said. And, and it's very important for, for all teams that there's a there's an impetus of two or three guys every year, you know. And uh, that was happening all the time there. There was a, a introduction of new players, uh, you know, Doc O'Connor was coming on the scene, Simon Lambert, Shane Durkin, Paul Ryan, these guys, Connor McCormick, they were they were coming through at that stage. And they, we were the older lads at that stage, you know, we were we were the the, the old lads, and and uh, we sort of were seeing these guys, no fear at all, coming in and really going after it. And and it gave everybody a, a lift and and an empathy. You had to sort of say, Jesus Christ, I have to be, I have to be on my game here. This fellow would take my place. So that's what you you go back to what you said at the start. It's so important for young fellas all the two all the time to 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 want to push themselves, you know, to want to get to that level uh, when they come out of minor or come out of under 21. And and when you've guys that are, are that are that are ambitious with what they want to achieve in, in sport or in anything, that that's certainly great for a group. So that was a great time because there was a, there was winning instilled, as I said, by by Liam, and from there on in, we we sort of really believed in ourselves and tried to push the standards every year, you know. Yeah, I was talking to Valerie Mackay uh, on the podcast a few uh, months back, and obviously she was part of the the great Cork team that had won so much uh, for when the ladies All Ireland titles there for such a long period. We've seen as well with Dublin footballers over the last few years that idea of. Um, you know, not able to, not able to, you know, keep winning all, all the time. What is, I mean, it's the, it's the million dollar question I'm going to ask, you know, if you knew the answer to this, you'd be able to retire a happy man. Uh, what is, what was the key ingredient? You mentioned belief there before that was brought in in 06. Was that the kind of big thing that got, you know, the difference between 05, 06, and then 07 to 11? Is it the kind of confidence and the belief that you had in yourself? You had the talent, you had the work rate, but it was the belief that you could actually go on and win a title here. Is that the big difference in, is that the big difference that you see in these teams that can go on these crazy winning runs, the kind of confidence that they have that they are going to win no matter what, no matter what's thrown at them? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I suppose when you've done it once, you know, you look at the, the, the obvious example of Mayo and the fantastic players they have, and there's no doubt with the age profile they have now. And if they did get over the line, they, they, they certainly, you know, the belief would be there. They can push on. And, and it's a very hard thing to do to, to, to get over the line. And, uh, you know, we, we found that in Leinster certainly, and still, still haven't done it, but uh, in relation to, to belief, it, it is that. And I, I, I do think it, it is when you win something to celebrate it, but, but park it soon after and try and set your ambitions again, because they talk about like a hangover in sport, 
when you win when you win one and you go into the next year thinking you know I'm this I'm that and and I'm untouchable here and that's a hugely important part of it that no matter what happens that you, you look at the new year and then you set your goals again for for the following year and uh, I think that's what we sort of did and 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 um, Liam had a great way of doing that and keeping everyone on their toes and uh, straight away he sort of parked what had happened and he said look at those what you win here that that's for looking back on in years years now you're in the moment and now you have to go after it and um, you know read a lot about other sports as well and, and and all of all of those successful teams they they had the ability to just to keep pushing the bar to keep pushing it pushing it pushing it and and that's what uh, that's what we sort of did at that time to try and see where we could get to with this thing and uh, that was the sort of mindset amongst the group of players at the time and, and it was it was a hugely enjoyable environment to be in um, you, you obviously had t- taken so long to win uh, to win the a first title. Then you won so many in six and seven years. Um, twenty eighteen then came, and was that nearly uh, you know uh, something completely different again? Because you, you'd won the titles, you'd won the, the six and seven years. Then went through, I want to say, a barren period. I think it was four years. You, you didn't win one, but still, that kind of maybe you know that idea maybe it might have crept into your head that you. Our time is nearly done. Maybe our, our time was was at six and seven years, and we mightn't win one again. And to win one again in twenty eighteen must have been again a different sort of feeling that you've you, you've achieved something again with a, a completely different team than you had back in two thousand and seven. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, uh, we we got over the line in two thousand and thirteen with Johnny Kenny, and and that was a good win. And even at that stage, Derek, there was talk that. You know, those lads are on their last legs there. You know, that Bally Bowden team is old and uh, they're gone. And as you said, we went four years, OK, under Paul Carly. Paul was a great lad. And uh, unfortunately, we were beaten by two quality Kula teams, one after extra time and one by a point in the semi-final who went on to win the All-Ireland, you know. So I think guys sort of realised, look, we're not that far away. So the easiest thing to do was to walk away. And in fairness to a lot of the boys there, they... They kept at it and it was gas. The satisfi- satisfying thing about 2018 was that a, a bunch of so-called real old lads at this stage, you know, managed to get over the line. And uh, we had fellas who'd stepped away at that time. Stephen Heine was working abroad and there was other guys, uh, David Sweeney and Dara Spains were, were, were gone at that stage, uh, well gone. And um you know, but uh, 2018 was really satisfying because you had, again, you had the likes of Aidan Mellet, Luke Corcoran coming into to a setup there. Uh, re- real new, exciting players. And um, it, that was great to be a part of because it's sort of th- that season when Joe Fortune came in um, uh, and Mickey McCullough, they, you know, they, they inst- and, and um, Andy Coffey, they instilled uh, a new a bit of belief and got it got the best out of us older lads again and it was sort of we we enjoyed it and and, and went for it and I, I think a lot of it was to prove teams wrong you know people nearly just thought oh sure they're gone they're they're our lads you know but it, it, when when that was there and in fairness as I said to the lads they 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 knuckle down to it and and that's what you hope going forward that the same group of players as I mentioned at the start age is only a number if they if you really want it you can you can achieve you can achieve it you know so so that was the that was the mindset that was really satisfying that win I have to say yeah yeah different challenge I guess because the, the original yeah. challenge was to win one at all uh, and then obviously to go in and, and and go again four years is not exactly a barren period but still and then to come out after that and, and win it again, uh, certainly a different challenge. We'll talk about Dublin now. Um, your breakthrough was in 2001. You mentioned Kevin Fenley earlier on. Tell us about that, 
the call you got to maybe join the senior hurling panel back in 01? Was it Kevin Fenley who called you? Yeah, it was. It was Kevin Fenley who called me, uh, I remember. And uh, I, I, I picked up the phone and Kevin was fairly old school uh, <laughs> as well. So uh, Kevin rang. He was asked to come in and take the Dublin team. Uh, back then, our winter training base was... Um, was down in O'Toole Park and uh, I went in with Kevin Fenley. I think there was a few, we had obviously David Sweeney and Dara Spains and Emma Carroll were involved uh, in the Dublin setup and uh, when Stephen Perkins wasn't with Bally Bowden at that stage, but he was there. And uh, then the likes of uh, Connell, myself, Stephen Heine, Simon Daly and Gary Maguire came into it from from, uh, from Bally Bowden back then. And uh, yeah, Kevin, we were training, used to train in O'Toole Park and he just make us, do laps he'd stand there leaning against his old Ramey Dowell Ramey Dowell and Hurl and he had this Pete Arnott's cap I remember and that's all he'd do is just make us do laps and like we'd just run around the circle constantly and uh, you know there was there was guys trying to hide in bushes up by the pitch and put course everything and uh, it was it was it, it was but that's the way it was back then you know and, and we just run there was again tactics weren't really to the fore even in inter-county back then like uh, but Kevin came in I, I remember I got a bad injury I got a bad dead leg or I broke a, a bad dead leg and then I broke my thumb a week before we were playing championship so I was out then for a few uh, a couple of months with that and then in 2002, then Kevin was there again. And um, I think Claire bet us, uh, Claire bet us that year in the, in the championship in Parnell Park. And uh, he was there for a couple of years, Derek, but uh, great guy. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, but there was a lack of belief, I have to say, you know, with the Dublin team back then. And it went on then to um, into 2004 with, with Humphrey Kelleher and uh that was a really difficult couple of years because um, Dublin Dublin had great players. Like there was no doubt about that. But it, you mentioned belief, and, and they, they just didn't have that belief. You you know we were able to capable of beating Leash, capable of beating on our day, giving all the teams a good game. But there was never a full belief could we get over the line against these fellas. And a good championship was nearly you know beating Leash and performing well against the team and. We only got beaten by eight or nine points there, that type of thing, and the mindset was was very very different, and uh, so it was it was frustrating as well. To, you know, that was the pinnacle of where you could get to with Dublin or with with your hurling career inter county, and but it was frustrating that not everybody shared the same sort of um, belief or that. But uh, yeah, a couple of years. But um, Tommy Nocton came in then in two thousand and five. And uh, Tommy, you know, put a fair, a lot of structures in place and introduced a good few younger players, Tomas Brady, Johnny McCaffrey, Joey Boland, these guys. And they were off the back, Shane Durkin, Simon Lambert. All right, they were off the back of uh, successful minor teams. And, uh, you know, and Le- Leinster College's Dublin teams were really competing in 2005, 2006. And, and they were um, they were a huge uh, sort of... Uh, breath of fresh air and impetus into the place and that they, they brought a great uh, mindset to, to 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 the group as well you know yeah you mentioned it was a tough period for Dublin hurling maybe for the first few years of, of that Dublin career uh with tough defeats and relegation playoffs like all that kind of thing but Anthony Daly came in then in 2009 you've mentioned belief a few times now over the last half an hour or so and is that something that he brought into the setup a, a huge amount of belief because obviously you went on then to to win the league in 2011, the first league title in, in so many years. Was that something that he brought to the setup as much as anything else? Was it the belief that go out there and 
and you're as good as these teams and as good as Kilkenny in the league final in 2011. Is that kind of the, the key factor? Yeah, definitely. I remember when he was uh, Clare manager 2005, um, 2006 possibly, there was a championship game in Parnell Park. There was group games. Myself and Liam Ryan were in a big scuffle with him actually on the sideline. I remember that, him saying it to me. So I was actually travelling. Um, I was in Australia. I'd gone over Gary Maguire and myself and uh, uh, Sheena, my wife, was was doing we traveled back then and, and, and we were we were beaten in the Leinster Club Challenger by Burr and I went over to Australia and then uh, obviously had heard Anthony Daly got the job and the uh, plan was to stay for three or four months over there and I remember saying to Sheena it, Daly rang me and I remember saying to her look I think I, I'm gonna go go I'm gonna go back here like and she's like yeah, you're joking me and I said no no I just I want to go, go back so so I flew back in in January. I remember it towards the end of the Welsh Cup. But yeah, look, Daly brought Daly brought a whole new impetus to the setup. I suppose his aura more than anything else, Derek. You know, he 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 came from a he could associate with Dublin. He spoke a lot about the Clare team that got at Hydens in '93 off Tipperary and that were laughing stock, really. Like, and and he he sort of he 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 felt that Dublin were were in a similar period or similar status that you know these guys can hurl but they just need that belief there's 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 no there's no um winning culture there and he tried to instill that and he did he did through his uh through his mad crazy ways in the dress room he he instilled uh, his belief his biggest he he is a, a brilliant guy in a dress room unbelievable like he he could say anything or do anything and you wouldn't know what he'd do next. Like he'd be walking around the dressing room and he'd, you know, take a swig out of a sports bottle and t- shout out a joke then and mad stuff. Mad, but it, it, it was his sort of sports psychology, his way. But he, he got a group there again. He, 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 he mixed them. He got a really tight knit group. You know, we used to go to, to Portugal a couple of times over that, those few years on training camps and they were brilliant camps. And, you know, the really close knit group on and off the pitch and 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 it just it's amazing when you create that it 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 it, it can you can get anywhere really with it so that the league in 2011 was a was a huge win for Dublin hurling no doubt about that you know because we'd only I won a division two league 2006 actually um with Dublin under Tommy Nocton but you know the the difference from that period within five years of where we were, there we were beating Kenny out the gate in, in Pro Park. It was it was a real statement for Dublin hurling, um, you know, at that stage. And he had, he had an awful lot to do with it, definitely, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, we've spoken about Bally Bowden trying to get over that line and, and Dublin did in 2011. You retired then in 2012, uh, after the 2012 season. So uh, in early 2013, I think it was when you retired. Um, is that a difficult decision to take, to, to make? I, again, at a kind of an exciting period for Dublin hurling but did you kind of feel like you, you, you had to kind of move on yourself yeah it was look I mean and then they went on and won the Leicester finally yeah. like oh my good god but uh <laughs> no look that, that was uh that was um I remember ringing them here I was out in my back garden and I rang them around Christmas time uh 2012 and I said uh look I, I don't hear I don't know it's 33 or something at the time and uh 32 maybe and he said uh oh jesus just you know st- stick in for one more year you know stick in for one more year and it was it was difficult Derek. but to be honest with you i'd seen very little game time in 2011 you know in and out of the team like and, and 2010 and, and that was that was your 
that was frustrating um, and and as well injuries I remember 2011 I was uh, a groin injury and uh, still have it actually but that was that was really impacting on, on training and you're trying to get through sessions all the time but you're you know your body was telling you things as well and um, yeah so I made the call and there's always sort of that's the hardest thing when you step away because you're thinking what if what if I walk away now and I win which exactly was what yes. happened you know but at the same time it was it was um it was a decision made and when you make a decision you just have to move on with it and uh, whatever that decision is in in, in everything and, and just be happy with it and move on because that's life you know you no know one knows what's around the corner like and uh look it was a fantastic win for Dublin Hurland to win that Leinster title in 2013 you know I know some teams like Kenny and the Dublin footballers Leinster titles the amount they've won but for Dublin hurlers to win the Leinster title it was huge and it was a significant uh, achievement by that group of players it was it was fantastic and uh, it was a great day in Crow Park that day it was it was it was brilliant it was super yeah and I guess, I guess you know you weren't there in, in, in 2013 but you know you've gone through those really really tough periods of Dublin hurling from uh, 2001 when you came on board through to 2010 you know the, the, the you know Tough, these tough defeats over those years and up to 2010 so to win that league in 2011 I know you played on for another year but it was a really it's a really kind of nice I guess end point to your Dublin career that you were able to win this major trophy for the first time that Dublin had won a major trophy for, for such, such a long period having been through those really tough times in the previous decade to kind of finish off I know you finished off in 2012 but to finish off you know 2011 winning that league title was is something you can certainly Nearly put put your cap on your intercounty career with with that with that big success. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, look, I mean, two thousand eleven, that winning the league was was huge, and and like I said, it, it, when you're like you're a hurler in Dublin, so your 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 ambition is to play at the highest level. So what's that? That's the Dublin senior county team, and that, that's what you were. And even through that difficult period, that was always in my head that this is as far as I can go in my county. This is my county, Dublin, as far as I can go. And, and you wanted to keep pushing that all the time. And there was massive difficult days, but that constantly drove you that you're trying to get the best out of yourself as a player and also to try and, you know, win something with your county. And you see plenty of counties nowadays, both football and hurling. And, uh, you know, it's easy from the outside to say, oh, why, why do you keep playing if you're not winning anything? I mean, there's only one team can win it every year and you're trying to push yourself as an individual uh, as well as everything else. And uh, that's one of the reasons, you, you, you know, he stayed in there. But to win in 2011 was really satisfying, despite the fact I wasn't playing. It was just, it was really satisfying to be, to be involved with that group and um, to, to win the league uh, because we have had we had a, a fair bit of success with the club but to win with, with Dublin in, in uh, you know 40,000 people in, in Croke Park win a league title was uh, was 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 hugely satisfying yeah it, it really was but look a, at that stage like inter-county wise you know I was pushing on so yeah it was nice it was nice to win the league alright definitely and, and just on the 2011, you were captain 2011 for Bally as well. So that was a pretty decent year for yourself. Would yeah. you would you would you say 2011 win, captaining uh, Bally to the to the title in 2011 would be the kind of highlight of your playing career or you know the league? I guess 2011 all in all is probably the highlight of of your career. But you know, captaining Bally here, here at Parnell Park or at Parnell Park on county final day must must rate very highly on your in your career as, as one of the best moments. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, captain in the Valley Golden team. And, and like I said, uh, 
you, you think of Bally Bowden, the Furhouse Road, and and the you know the guys that that went before you and and that, and I, I have a good great picture with my dad on the pitch in 2011 with the with the cup afterwards, straight afterwards, and that was yeah, that was that meant an awful lot. That win, all right, and and the captain, the team, um, it was it was a hugely uh, satisfying win, and definitely. Something that I'll, I'll treasure, you know, uh, that that to to win that as captain and to do the five in a row because I remember at the Dublin team at the time there was a lot of slagging out. Jesus, you'll never do five in a row, and it was there was an element of pressure because so many teams have faltered by the current Dublin footballers at the five to to achieve five in a row. Uh, so it was a uh, it was hugely uh, hugely satisfying win. Now definitely that that's right up there that 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 win in 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 Parnell Park that day. Yeah. Yeah, um, going to finish up soon enough. But you've mentioned earlier on um, that you're a principal at uh, in St. Colm Kills. Uh, how is that going for you? And I guess from from a, a principal's point of view, I'm sure you've been very busy for the last couple of years with, with regards to everything. Um, but from a principal's point of view, looking at I guess the importance of uh, GAA in the in the school as well, you can see you know how how that is how, how that's going in the school, and I guess the importance of getting uh, youngsters, you know, playing sport, whatever sport it may be, uh, you can see that from your point of view as well, uh, as, as principal at St. Comkills. Definitely, Derek, and, and, and uh, all primary schools in the area and, and the, the, the feeder schools for Buddy Bowden, um, the importance of sport in everything and uh, throughout this pandemic, it's been to the forefront, you know, getting out and, and uh, getting fresh air, exercise and all. And you see it in kids and, and the beauty about being involved. And there's so many kids up in the school that are involved with Knockline United or Turn Your Rugby or Buddy Bowden St. Enders. And you encourage all sport. And, um, you know, there's basketball clubs, there's Irish dancing clubs. And, and it's it's hugely important, I think, for, for children to be involved in, in sport or in some sort of uh, group exercise first and foremost for the social element of it because we were junior school up there and, and you see you know include my own young fella like when he doesn't win the the you know the tantrums and the you know gets very frustrated it's okay how to win how to lose uh you know how to deal with that how to be friends but most importantly from a club perspective Bally Bowden caters for for all teams A B C D E and it's it's great to hear the kids coming in on a Monday they might come in with a medal and they say oh Mr Curtin I, I won this medal and you know it's 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 hugely important that uh, in that respect that uh, and that sport in their in their young lives and as I said when they when they join a club like Bally Bowden it's amazing like you'll still go through junior infants senior infants first all the way up to sixth class and they might go say to the community school or Sancta Maria or Clochane or whatever school it may be and you'll look and they'll still have the same friends that they joined the back end or that they were involved in the nursery so from that perspective more so than winning or anything but the, the friendship element is huge like I'm the same a lot of my uh, best friends are, are guys that I, 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 I went to started out in Bally Bowden with went to school with and they still remain your, your, your good mates today so it's definitely hugely important um, uh, sport and, and uh, particularly the role Bally Bowden plays in, in, young, in young kids lives for sure it's fantastic to see the nurseries um, on a Saturday morning and you go out there and the kids you're just they're just having a ball and the, the coaches and how it's run it's, it's, it's up Aidan Dundon is, is running the, the nursery there in St. Enda's 
across the way there on Saturday. And, you know, Aiden is all set up, ready to go, and, and the kids arrive, and they just have the, it's all fun, fun. And that's what you have to create, you know. When kids are enjoying doing something, they'll go. And that's what that's what you first and foremost make it is, is fun, you know. Yeah, the nursery's getting bigger and bigger and bigger every year as well, which is fantastic to see. And I guess you mentioned already, uh, I guess, COVID, you know, the COVID lockdowns and everything showed the importance of sport in general for everybody, let alone, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-year-old uh, uh, kids and, and, and getting out and playing sport, but just being around uh, sport and kind of play, playing sport and being active all the time. And also you said, you mentioned the social aspect for kids and for, for adults as well, I guess, sport has taken on a much bigger significance over the past couple of years. And I guess uh, that's what Ballyboden St. Andrews brings in that regard in terms of uh, that kind of maybe structure around your life that you mightn't have, have without it. Um, finally, before we go, I'm sure planning is well underway at this stage for 2022 for the, for the season ahead for the senior hurlers. And of course this year as well, you're going to have, um, it's the split season has, has come into force. So that'll probably help you in, in terms of planning and in terms of uh, being able to know when and uh, where you'll have your inter-county players as well. So I'm sure planning well underway at this stage for the year ahead. Uh, it is Derek. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I suppose the, 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 with the, this new Omicron virus back to COVID uh, uh, variant, you're, you're, you're hoping that it doesn't impact on the season ahead, you know, that, it, that it'll get, because I remember in 2020 going back training with the lads, sure, gee, they were absolutely thrilled, adults running around up in Santa Maria there, about the footballers and the hurlers, just so happy to be out training, you know, so in relation to 2022, yeah, look, plans, I think there's a full round of league fixtures next year, which is great, we, we had um a shortened league campaign this year, a South side and a North side league. So there's a full round of league fixtures next year. So it'll be great to, to try new guys in the league to, to, you know, to give them a chance in the league game, league games as well. And, and to see and, and, and try different, different things. All right. But look, the, the fellas that are there in the group, they're, they're, they're a very ambitious group and they're, they're, they're they've been training away. They always keep themselves in good nick. It's, it's important to have downtime as well. And I'm sure they're all looking forward to 2022. And, and when, when, when we begin to, we begin training again, we'll, we'll, uh, first and foremost, enjoy it. Uh, that's really important and, and try and give our best and, and, and give it a, give it a right good lash again, you know? Well, David, thank you very much for joining us for the chat today. It's been really enjoyable to catch up and the very best of luck for the year ahead as well. Thanks a million, Derek. Really enjoyed the chat. Thank you.